Hey guys, welcome to the Detour Live. Uh, we are one stage in. Jeez, <laughs> how many times have we seen drama at the tour and, and we've kicked it off uh, in dramatic fashion with obviously two huge crashes. We've got a lot to unpack on the show. I'm your host, Dan Jones, as always, joined by four-time national Aussie road champion, Johnny Chavo, the voice of cycling, Phil Liggett. I'll start with you, Phil. You've got your work cut out for you, mate. There is a lot to talk about on the show tonight. I've been up early today. I'm in the studio, of course. We're still a couple of hours away from the official start. But if you look at the overall classification at the end of stage one, Dan, you are looking at time gaps that normally take two and a half weeks to achieve. The whole field is spread across an enormous amount of time. Poor Chris Froome, just back after two years out with injury, and he's back down on the floor, and he's lost over, I think it's nine or 12 minutes or something. And he went to hospital overnight. And I still don't know whether he's starting today because he's hurt his hip again and he went for a scan. But for the rest of the carnage, who knows? And the police in, uh, this morning have also announced um, that they're getting involved in the accident involving the woman who had a plaque and the riders hit the plaque. Tony Martin was the first rider to hit it. And uh, she actually left the scene of the situation very quickly. So she's uh, possibly being accused of lead, leading this a crime scene. So they're after her. Uh, and there's a lot of riders this morning who are actually blaming Tony Martin for the accident, which really? I find very... Uh, because to me, it's quite apparent he rides into that banner and falls. Uh, but one or two riders... Um, are, well, not one or two, about a dozen of them have been speaking to our reporter in France, uh, saying they feel it, it was Tony Martin not paying attention. But... Look, I'm not getting involved. We only know what we've seen on television. Jeez, it's funny. A bit stiff. <laughs> it is a bit stiff. I, I actually said the same thing. Not that uh, he wasn't paying attention, because suddenly you see a big uh, cardboard sign in front of you, uh, and he hits it. But it's re his re it's, the sign didn't knock him off. It's only a bit of cardboard. It's his reaction to that. He turned the front wheel too hard. So there's no doubt yeah. he, he he caused the crash in that way. But you can't blame him. I mean, someone yeah. slaps you with a, a, a big cardboard sign, of course you react, and that's all he did, react to that. Yeah. Well, Phil, you're not a stranger to this sort of stuff happening in all your years covering the tour. I mean, we had the famous policeman incident in oh. 1994. We had, you know, Lance have his handlebars taken out in, I think, 2003. I mean, what does the race have to do now to sort of protect the riders? Because there's so much money at stake. As it turned out by the end of the day, that wasn't the biggest fall of the day, but it was caused by the spectator. Uh, and that does create the problem. What do they do? It is totally impossible to barrier 200 kilometres of race route. The money isn't there. The barriers don't exist. It's impossible. Maybe a tape to keep the riders back uh, behind the tape, uh, the, or rather the spectators back behind the tape. But... Well, I don't want to see, and, and and don't forget, we're talking of many kilometres of racing, and these accidents, although we highlight them, don't happen very often. They're quite rare. Uh, and we don't want to lose the atmosphere of this wonderful bike race, which is not in a controlled situation. It's just not in a controlled situation. We're not in stadia. This is not made for television. This is sport at the very roots, where the, everything has to go to where the sport is taking place. Um, so they're not deciding where the camera positions are, for example, like they would be at a football match or a soccer match. So it's a very difficult one. The organisers, though, announcing this morning that they're going to sue the woman, um, which that's a first. And we'll see if they get anywhere with it, because I'm not sure what she's suable for. OK, she's caused an accident, but that happens every day of our lives somewhere in the world. I don't know. But the second crash, that was caused by the riders, purely and simply, touching mm -hmm. wheels. And that was much worse than the first crash. They just come 80% of the field on the floor. The list is as long as your arm, and riders spread over many, many minutes. But did you note that all the men that matter in this Tour de France were in that group coming home almost together? So all the favourites are still locked in there, really, uh, in the same place, which is... Well, well except, except for our favourite, mate, Richie oh, Port. He was our favourite. <laughs> he wasn't there. <laughs> was he really a favourite? We have to be honest. But oh, yes, well, I mean, he was getting a chance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's lost over two and a quarter minutes, but that's, yeah. and, and of course, I think that's decided the the object now with Ineos. They haven't yeah. got to worry about anybody except Geraint yeah. Thomas, the team yeah. leader now, I suppose. Yeah. 
and solve that problem on day one. Oh, Carapaz only lost a, a, a eight seconds yeah. or something, but yeah. he's not a good enough time trialer. But it's interesting. I agree with you wholeheartedly there, Phil. There's no, there's nothing they can do about it. But all they can do is what they're doing: highlight stupid acts like that was just a stupid act. But most of the crashes in the Tour de France aren't caused by spectators. They're caused by the riders. Uh, that is more common uh, than anything else. So just highlight it. It's part of their sport. We're not, we can't take it away, uh, but we just have to. Well, uh, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. What if you either linked up the Jean Doug? Because I still remember that day Froomey did his Forrest Gump run, you know, when the crowds got really thick and they'd shorten the stage up Von 2. And when I drove the race route with Julian Dean, you could tell a crash was going to happen. It's oh, in yeah. the really congested parts, right? And then when yeah. we got to the finish, there was like 300 gendarmes at the finish line. We're like, what are they doing? Just link them up with some rope. And Tour de France love making cash, so you could have sponsors' logos on the rope or something. Just link them up and just pull them in, you know? <laughs> just in the just in the tight areas. There's, a, there's obviously in cycling, there's hot spots. So you know when there's congested guys and there's a tight bit of road and, and there's not much sort of width on the, the outside of the road, but... I mean, this does flashback. The, 2014, we did the backstage pass, and Matt Heyman, remember the crowds were just chockers in the UK, and he, he made a, a statement that it is actually relevant. That was seven years ago. This is what he had to say back then. I'd prefer if people didn't set their ladder up on the road and then climb up onto the top of it. Just think about an exit strategy. Yeah, um, I, just, I just don't see where you're going from the top of your ladder with a camera. Um, when the bunch is boring down on you and you realise that you've put your ladder in the middle of the road. So keep the ladders to... Uh, any, if you look down and you're on asphalt, you're in our office. I love that line. If you're in the, on asphalt, you're in our office. And maybe that's a, just an awareness campaign because it's the old analogy. It's, it's you know, one bad egg that, that spoils the bunch. So if we didn't have that uh, spectator and the, the other crash you're talking about, Phil, which was caused by the riders, I mean, that's just part of the sport um but yeah i mean geez you, you look at the list 21 riders uh injured on uh on stage one and uh you know talk about drama for the start of the tour de france i mean it was only eight years ago we orica smashed the bus into the finish line uh that would have been a pretty chaotic stage to commentate as well phil yeah, well it almost hit me because i was in the first comedy box at this at the actual stanchion there and I saw it lean towards me as the bus hit it. And I looked at Paul Sherwin and I said, stand by to run. Because I thought it was going to come on our commentary box. Uh, but at least we were in the best position to give a full on-spot on report. Uh, and of course, I felt terribly sorry for the bus driver too. I really did because he was told to go down there. He was late and they'd altered the level of the banner. So what, what can you say? Poor old oh, Gary, I remember it well. Now we we normally start with uh, uh, mention of your wonderful uh, Karieka. Yes, Karieka uh, uh, is also writing to you and thanking you already, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we're going to keep plugging it. If you want to get involved, it's uh, k a r i e g a dot co dot z a if he <laughs> forward slash peloton. And there's a donate button. Get behind it. It's a great cause. Uh, and we're going to try and get to that 35 grand mark by the end of the tour. And if we're not, we're going to start so. uh, calling in some big names for you, Phil. John Thanks knows so. people that have got deep pockets. So we'll try well, everything we've got. Correct, I must confess. But they are becoming converted to, to loving bike riding. And everybody on the, on the game reserve now and all the locals are beginning to understand what the Tour de France is all about. Goodness knows what they think of yesterday's stage, I have to be honest. Because, uh, you know, we've got three official uh, abandons yesterday, but I think we could have three three abandons this morning not starting because there's one or two got to the finish. But I'm hearing, I've got a breakdown with broken arms, broken ribs, unconscious. Uh, and uh, so I think they might well go out from the start line this morning. They won't start. I think another three at least. Is it, is it tough? Is it tough in the commentary in the heat of the moment when you see like images of Chris Froome you were mentioning earlier where I think there was that shot where it looked like you could barely walk and knowing, you know, just the recovery yeah. to take the start line, they must be difficult moments in the commentary box. Yes. My heart bled when I saw Froome was one of the victims in that second crash and he was crouched over by the rock. Two years. It took him two years to come. What was a very, very serious crash. The secret of that crash never really broke out until it was all back together again two years later. He was on the brink of never riding his bike again. 
he gets back to a world tour level to ride the Tour de France. And it happens on the very first day. He's caught up in a, what was an 80 rider, 100 rider crash. And yeah. now he's gone for a scan last night. I don't know what they're going to find, but he's officially got uh, something wrong with his hip. Uh, I, it's probably the one that he damaged in the crash two years ago. Just on um, that, Phil, yeah. uh, I just I saw some tweets just come through before from yeah. uh, Chris Froome. And he says, scans are all good. Uh, and uh, he expects to start today. Oh, oh that's brilliant. But I tell you uh, what, you won't meet a harder man. He looks meek and mild and, and uh, couldn't hurt a fly. Put him on a bike, he changes his character and persona 100%. He's a real top bike rider. We've got a lot of uh, viewer comments that are coming. I can just smash through a few of these. Uh, Wendy Superfan, where could Tony go? Travelling at speed and cyclist fan across the road. Uh, Top Gun says, did you guys realise Roglish finish on Vinegard's bike? That was the save of the day. I wasn't aware of that. No, I actually didn't see it either because our cameras were a bit confused, to say the least, with all those crashes. And they're not our cameras anyway, they're French TV. Um, no, it was very, very difficult. And we have to be careful what you say when you're live on television. You mm. can't preempt injury, for example. If he's holds his shoulder, you're not allowed to say he looks like he's broken his shoulder because if they keep reminding me, I'm not a doctor. But uh, so Yes, you are. I saw you get presented with your yeah. doctor. You're you're lying, mate. You're you're doctor. Dr. Phil. <laughs> Dr. Phil, absolutely. Uh, uh, so you've got to be careful. And we're trying to take it all in. And my monitor, I hasten to add, I'm going to show it you again. Oh, sorry. There it is. Oh, it's yeah. 25, 30 centimeter monitor, and I'm sat a little bit away from it. So I've got to work everything out very quickly. But um, we have to be careful. Uh, we must, and of course, you've got to remember that the, the wives, the families, the mums and dads of these riders are watching television. And you don't want to say, this guy looks really bad. He's not going to make it. And they're watching it. You just got to let it play out. And, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes miss a lot of things that you would love to say. Third bite of the cherry here. Scott McGrory says, hello, Dan, John, Phil, and Wendy, super fan. Uh, Scooter's looking crisp in that Facebook profile. Shout out. Uh, Nathan Rupensky says, uh, of Dan, you guys start every channel has COVID update in Perth. Uh, I don't know what he's saying there. Uh, obviously, there's a bit of COVID going around in Australia. I probably should have read that before I posted it. Uh, Chris Lockley says, save of the day was the mum with the phone dragging the kid out of the way after the final crash. Did you oh, see yeah. that one? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I did. And she was a real protective mum. The riders are piled up in front of her, two metres away, and she immediately just draws the kid gently out of the action and puts him in a safe place. That was amazing. I did actually see that, but I never commented on it. Yeah. Uh, Kim Dixon says, even with barriers, some idiot will stick out a selfie stick of a big, or big green yeah. foam hand. That's a good point. Because my how. theory of the rope, it still could allow the arms to get over. And Robbie McEwen, <laughs> remember, he smashed into someone at the Tour yes. Down Under with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He hit one of those big green hands. Yeah. 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 Hey. Hazards. Whoop. Uh, and then we've got how many shirts? Nathan wants to know how many shirts does Phil have to change a day slash night? Well, that used to be the case when I was on the tour and I, I worked with so many networks who spoke English. I was changing rapidly in minutes uh, quite often from a suit to a shirt to whatever, even a change of pants, depending what I was doing at the time, in camera or off camera. But nowadays I'm locked away in London here. Uh, I thought I'd make the locals feel, I put Sky Sports on my shirt today, which they lent me. Oh, nice. <laughs> Only because I'm working in Sky Sports studio, of course. I can't wear it on television, really. I'm not working with Sky Sports. But, uh, uh, now, yeah. obviously... Uh, back to the stage, obviously, Ella Philippe, super strong, you know, made the attack at the right moment. Um, yeah. He is so exciting to watch because he's just one of those riders that just leaves it out on the road. Yeah, well, you know, he went on a climb, which in, in which translated to English means the wolf bit climb. The Foss, uh, oh, oh, uh, Lou, Lou is, um, is French for wolves. And... I missed the call, didn't I? Because I forgot we called it the Kerning boys, the wolf pack. Yeah. And he winning on the climb of the wolves. I was fuming when I woke up this morning. Oh, oh my God. We always refer to the Kerning quick step as the wolf pack. And this guy just pulled it off. Uh, so I missed that one. But uh, I, I love, I'm actually a big fan of Alaphilippe. If, if I'm a fan of any cyclist, it's probably him. Do you, do you think this place. Was, how strong was he going over a mile, nearly two kilometers from the line? 
how good was he to hold that group off all the way to the line? I mean, it's amazing. He didn't just hold them off. He went away from them. You did right. Just, just, but, yeah. but he went at exactly the point that everyone had said he was going to go. So they mm. all knew about it. Uh, Van Aert was on his wheel. Couldn't do anything yeah. about it. He just rode away. Van Aert just had to let him go. There's nothing they and could my do. My man Van der Poel, he was in there as well, and he couldn't do anything about it either. I think he. I actually think he made a mistake earlier. Uh, Matthew Van der Poel was a long way back, and he put when they were just about ready to go. He used a lot of effort to get up to to, to the front part of the uh, of the league group. Yeah. So he just had spent too much. So I'm really looking forward to tonight. I see. I think we'll see a better uh, performance out of uh, Van der Poel tonight. Yeah, but I, but I still, I still reckon Alan uh, Al- Al- Philippe will beat him again. Well, it's a tough climb, of course. Dan Martin won the last time we went up the Muir uh, de Britannia. It's a real toughie. We go over it twice, second time we finish up there. Um, Alaphilippe, why not? But well, I think Van der Poel will pull this one off. Uh, I just he had a bad day yesterday, not just with his race at the finish, but he changed the pair of shoes uh, about an hour into the race, stopped and put different shoes on. Then he got involved in the crashes. He had to chase back. Uh, so he had a real up and a down day. So when he got to that breakaway towards the end, I think he was too tired to do anything. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Phil, what effect? Obviously, the American uh, audiences would be getting excited uh, stage three with Cav, but, you know, the Wolfpack, they've got the yellow jersey. Oh, my God, Phil, this has got a magnificent story. <laughs> They'd be getting excited. I have to be careful how I reply because I, I get a tremendous fan mail from the USA. And they just love this uh, Tour de France on American television. They really do. But, you know, Whereas you guys are staying up late at night, people in California are getting up at four o'clock in the morning to watch the stage of the Tour de France. It's it's the whole world. It's it's an amazing. Yeah. I sit in London, living a normal day. Everybody's getting up all over the world uh, to watch the Tour de France. I find it fascinating to do. But I have to be. I always like to say when I go on television to America, I usually say uh, hello and welcome or whatever, and then I'll say, "You guys in California." Just get the coffee on because uh, I know you're up at four in the morning, but um, <laughs> enjoy the tour before you go to work. So stay awake and bring them into the picture. And they send me emails to say thanks for mentioning us and thinking about us. Because I'm on YouTube, it's only, it's only four hours with, with fans, so it's not so bad. Yeah. Mate, I remember seeing live, I went to that USA Pro Cycling Challenge back in 2011. I saw the reaction from the American people live to Phil Liggett. It was like the bloody Beatles. Like, it was insane. They They can't get enough of you, mate. I just love them. They send me trinkets in the post. Oh, they're fantastic people. They really are. We talk about Kareka. Yeah. They they send him money there. I had an email this morning from um, a chap who wants me to call his wife. I better not mention his name in case he's found a way to listen to this podcast. Call his wife in America on the 15th of July to wish her a happy birthday. And in return... He's going to send a donation to Kareka to the people there. So it's a, it's a no-brainer for me. I'm looking forward to speaking to his wife. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, we did have another question. We know you've got to go, mate, but uh, someone wants to know, uh, hi, what is the prospect of Team Ineos after yesterday's ah. crash of Port and a Gagenhart? Does that affect well, things at all? I don't even notice, but Ineos rode a very strong race yesterday. They controlled that peloton at the front. Now, they had a plan yesterday, and I think it got blown apart by the situation, but they've shown as a team they've got a plan for this tour, and it's different to the normal plan. However, in the crashes, we've lost Richie Port as probably a GC contender, and certainly Egan Hart, he's, he's lost a bit of time. I, I can't remember what it was now. It's quite a few minutes. <laughs> I, eight minutes, eight minutes, I think. Yeah, eight minutes. Well, you see, but all this is done. Will all this will do? Because these guys aren't injured, so they'll just consolidate. They'll change the tactics now. But they've got other cars to play now. You never know. Geen Hart of Port might suddenly one day be in a breakaway in the mountains, uh, going for a stage win. Peloton makes a mistake. They get lost time back. They've got a lot of cards they can still play in this tour. Very oh. much so. There's no it's interesting, you know, uh, uh, Jonathan uh, Castro Viego, you know, the, the, the Spanish guy um, who, who was with Movie Star and now, now come over the sky. Yeah. He's like he's like a diesel. He's so strong. But he looks like Richie Port on the bike. And uh, I had a, lot, a mate saying, why was Richie doing so much on the front? I said, no, he wasn't. Yes, he was.
You've just, you just flicked your mute button there, John. You unplugged your yeah. mic. But we got the gist of it, John. You're absolutely right. Now, Castro Viejo, uh, I have the same problem, of course, recognising him in Richie. When the, uh, but it's always Viejo in mid-term of the race. He is the man. So it'll never be Richie Port, and that's one consolation. Helps me a lot. But if you also look, Castro Viejo, former champion of Spain, has those flashes on the end of his sleeve. So that's another good pointer. I shouldn't tell you all these tips. Now you're all thinking, <laughs> and now you know I'm not really clever at all. <laughs> uh, mate, that, that's what makes you so good, the voice of cycling. Now, who's your predictions for stage two, Phil? Well, I know a lot of the guys are going to go for a double header from Alaphilippe. Um, I still think Van der Poel uh, will, will change his whole attitude today. But um, I don't know how, how some of the guys can get up. In the past, uh, this is a very opportunist climb. You can do exactly what Alaphilippe did yesterday and get away before the finish and hold it to the line. So people like Dan Martin have done it. And also uh, Eugenie, another rider, French rider, a few years ago, also did it. And so it's not a problem. But I think that if we keep on, we can pick a lot of them. Believe me, a lot of them. I don't know. I'm going to stay with Van der Poel. Good call, mate. Uh, if you, I think your mic's back working, mate. You don't have to keep tapping the end. Well, it's, it's not good. <laughs> I don't think it is, but anyway, we'll survive. You can hear me. Yeah. Light, light, no lights on and no one home. But anyway. Well, um, my lights have just gone down. Now we're getting ready. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. So we, I think we should uh, give uh, Kareka a, a, a last plug. <laughs> I'll tell you. Lindy, Lindy from Kareka will be very impressed with the way she's trained two Australians to talk in <laughs> Yeah, that now, was a bit know, over the top, I think. Kareka, I, Kareka, Kareka. So yes, I, I'm working. I've just uh, got a plan. So I'll talk with Dan afterwards. But we're going to talk to our, some of our major partners and sponsors. We're going to come up with a special prize for whoever donates the most. Uh, through uh, our podcast to the Kaleka Foundation. So um, okay. we'll work on that. We'll work on that over the next few days and we'll let you know oh. what it is. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure, Phil. We've loved having you on uh, for the first couple of days yeah, of the I'm tour. And, and... Our, our morning chat. It really gets me going. It's morning, <laughs> of course. Uh, it really gets but, me going for the race. It makes me really get quite keen but, for another day in the saddle. Mate, if stage one is anything to go by, there's a lot of action left in this bike race. So uh, strap yourself to the seat, mate, and good luck uh, dissecting it all through that magnifying glass <laughs> on that little yeah, screen you got there. Looking forward to it. Yeah. You have a great evening, chaps, and enjoy the race when it comes up. Good on you, Thanks, Phil. Phil. See, See you, mate. See you tomorrow. Mate. No worries, mate. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. Phil Liggett, Voice of Cycling, we're very lucky to have him on the Detour podcast every day. He's been fantastic. And now it's the part of the show where we want to give a bit of a plug to our sponsors. Uh, before we do, we've got to remind you again, and we should show some couple of photos of Let's Go Motorhomes, Ify, because, geez, you look inside these uh, rigs. They are fantastic. You can imagine taking this thing out on the open road, particularly with COVID here in Australia. Uh, you've got heaps of great spots to go to. They, they are sensational. So uh, uh, Australia's best motorhomes and camper vans. Let's go. Just love helping people have incredible holidays. Um, they they have vehicles to suit every type of traveller for all kinds of adventures. Uh, and they just the, the beauty of them, just give them a call. They will plan your whole holiday. They'll tell you where, uh, if you, you tell them the area you want to go, they will tell you the places to see and they'll all the best places to, uh, to camp. Because Australia is just loaded with free camps, as they call them now, like this couple here have done. You don't need to go into the – there's wonderful caravan parks and they're all fantastic as well. But these free free camps that everyone goes to are sensational. Mm, get amongst it. Uh, get speak, amongst to the it. Team at, speak to the team at Let's Go Motorhomes. I think it's letsgomotorhomes.com.au and uh, they'll sort you out. And if you book early, you get a discount as well. So um, plan your trip ahead and uh, you're going to have an absolute ripper. And, and they're, they're all Jacobs. They are. They replace them with new ones all the time. But they're also uh, um, um, running a fantastic competition for us. During, during That's the right. So each week, uh, let's go. There is best question uh, of the week. It's a $500 voucher from Let's Go Motorhomes. Good stuff, mate. Uh, now it's time for a quick word from our great mates at Bike Exchange. 
Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs, semi-amateurs, and pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank and these bars. This could be the perfect match, but not this one. This girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns and rides. Thanks again to Let's Go Motorhomes and our mates, Bike Exchange. Uh, now, Garen Thomas uh, did an interview post-race uh, on the team Ineos Grenadiers Twitter account. Uh, this is what it had to say after stage one. Yeah, it was a solid day. It was stressful, a few crashes. Obviously, I've been crashing hands. I had no idea who was in it. Ends up Richie being in it, which is, yeah, wasn't great. But um, yeah, I was just concentrating on staying on my bike, basically. Um, then, yeah, I was too far back on that last climb. But at the time, I thought, that's okay, I'll sit here, slowly move up. And when it lulls, so I was expecting it to lull after the steep bit, then make move up a bit. But <laughs> it never lulled. I think it's out of Philippe went so hard, so long. It was just full gas all the way up. So made my life a bit harder. But for me personally, it's not bad. The first day, I always feel a bit. Never 100% on the first day after a few easy days. So yeah, happy to get through it. Gutted about Richie and Teo both. I think they both crashed or at least held up. So I don't know how far behind if they lost time or what, but Billy was good. So yeah. Uh, that was Garen Thomas uh, after the finish of the stage. And as he said at the end there, he's obviously gutted for uh, Richie and Teo. But I mean, does that affect... He didn't, he, he didn't sound too gutted to me, but anyway, whatever. <laughs> but I was just thinking, like, you know, you look at how the Dolphinay worked out, and I was going into this tour thinking, well, geez, that's such a handy uh, card to have in your deck if you're all on similar time. And then, you know, if Richie was to take the jersey early in the race, uh, then, you know, all the other teams are looking at Richie for a bit there, and, and Garrett can just sort of play off that. But there's no hiding now. Like, no, it's just him and Carabao. Yeah. So it was always going to be that way, I think. But uh, they were going to play that that uh, bit of a poker game. But uh, <laughs> the cards have been stripped back bare now, so it's it's not uh, it's not uh, Ineos versus Slovenia. It's uh, Thomas versus Slovenia now. Well, Annette uh, Miller says Richie is two minutes eighteen down. Pogacar lost a minute twenty one in the crosswinds and still won by fifty nine seconds. Maybe all is not lost. There are still 20 stages to go. Will they let Richie go if he attacks on a mountain stage, Johnny? Look, you're dead right. That is exactly true. I mean, um, Bogacar did do that. He got angry at himself for losing that time because it was in the side wins and the split and he was in the back down the back. But um, Richie could get the opportunity. Now that he'll be off the radar a little bit, um, when after stage uh, eight when we get into the mountains, uh, I can tell you he will have the opportunity. And he could bring it, get it all back in one fell swoop. Yep. Well, as always, we caught up with uh, Team Bike Exchange head DS, uh, Matt White, uh, early today. And here's part one of that chat with Whitey. Sports Director Matt White. Uh, Whitey, uh, how's the ticker after yesterday, mate? Never a boring stage on stage one of the tour. No, no. First week of the tour is uh, usually uh, quite, uh, quite tense. And uh, it certainly delivered yesterday, mate. It was uh, two massive pile-ups, one caused by fan and one just with a bit of bad luck. And uh, we had seven of our eight guys go down yesterday. Uh, and uh, there's one pretty bad, pretty badly banged up. Um, but today's another day. And uh, I don't think there wasn't too many teams who weren't affected by either of those two crashes. So 
everyone will just be managing the situation for the next couple of days and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully, oh, there'll be a few blokes who probably won't even start today uh, from other teams. But, um, yeah, it was just one of those things that, that does happen uh, regularly in the first week of the tour. Whitey, uh, that was the biggest crash that I've ever seen in a bike race anywhere. What about yourself? Have you ever seen one bigger than that, that first one? Uh, man, I, I don't know which one was bigger. The first one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Both uh, up there. I, 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 it, was hard, it was hard to do a head count, mate, wasn't it? it was, uh, <laughs> but I saw some of the vision from the second one, and there was a couple of guys on that right-hand side, and you just saw the mother pulling the young kid out of the way and put him into the bushes. And then there was another, there was another, uh, there was another cyclo tourist who was just standing on the side of the road who got absolutely pulverized. He got taken out and his bike, two guys just T-boned him on the yeah. side of the road. And, oh, look, accidents do happen. But the, the first crash with that uh, numbskull of a fan, um, I was just talking to Jonesy before, they, they really do need to make an example of, of fans like that. And we don't need fans like that at our races because at the end of the day that that, that lady there who has put that sign that she, she's not a fan of cycling she just wanted a five seconds of fame on television well you know what she got it but she caused uh, a lot of damage to professional athletes and they, they should take legal action they should they should yeah. go after make an example of, of people like that because you know they're not the real fans of cycling no definitely not she's she's uh german evidently and uh we won't mention the war but uh, she did a runner <laughs> but i'm yeah. sure they'll oh. get her <laughs> uh interpol well, will find her mate Interpol will find her. <laughs> I would say to Whitey fair, like if it was me, I'd grow a beard, put a wig on and just get an Airbnb out in the woods and just crush my SIM card and go fully underground for as long as I could because... She, she looked like she already had the beard, mate. But uh, anyway, we won't go down that path. She's you're coming in hot, John. You're coming in real hot, mate. <laughs> I need to just hit the, hit the skins. Hey, how is, how is uh, Armand? Uh, how's his condition? Because uh, I saw in the write-up he's had x-rays on the lumbar spine and stitches in his elbow. Yeah, he uh, he's he's the most busted of our boys. Uh, look, he slept well overnight. Um, he's probably going to have a couple of rough days, but uh, he'll start today. He'll start today, and uh, we, we probably won't, we, we we won't include him in any of the race plans for today. And he'll just do what he can. I, I would expect he won't be back uh, back to normal till after the TT on stage six. Um, it's going to take him a few days. He's going to have he's going to have some rough days the next couple, but it's early. You know, we, we, we're going to use all our troops for the, for the whole entirety of this race. And uh, it, it's an accident and, and we've got a, we've got a strong team. We're just going to have to adapt to the situation for those next couple of days until he's back, uh, back at full strength. Now, you and I were pretty spot on with our selections uh, yesterday. We might have got uh, uh, Van der Poel wrong, but we were right up there with Alaphilippe and, and Bling. Uh, but uh, you must have been really impressed with Michael Matthews' ride. Yeah, it was a good ride. A good ride. He he knew how he had to, to handle that uh, that final climb tactically. Uh, it was a, it was a tough one, and you saw besides the selection there with the a lot of the climbers taken out. Yeah, you know, he's he's just beaten pretty much Roglic to the line. So you're looking at yeah, there were all all the guys behind him were climbers. There wasn't too many sprinters who'd made that first selection or, or guys of his sort of characteristics. And it, it'll it'll take a lot of confidence out of that ride yesterday going into today. Yeah, I, I suppose the other one that sort of stood out was Primoz uh, Roglic because we didn't know how he was going to go. He hasn't raced since Liège and everyone wondered if this uh, uh, preparation, we're doing it on his own and uh, uh, doing his altitude and stuff would work. But obviously he hit, he's hit landed here with really good form. Yeah, no, I think uh, the decision to keep him out of competition has been a really good one because uh, – he he's obviously one of those athletes who can train hard enough at home that he doesn't need the rhythm of competition to to arrive at top form, and you, know, you, you couldn't do what he did yesterday unless you're ready to go. And uh, uh, it's it's good signs for it's really good signs for for him. And uh, I said, but the first real test, besides duck, ducking and weaving all the crashes, will be uh, TT day on stage five. Yeah. Um. What's the plan of attack for stage two? It's obviously another uh, parkour that suits Bling, and, and given that he's got that new bike, mate, he must be up and about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the weather at the moment, uh, yesterday we're really, really lucky with the weather. So there was actually wet roads in front of the race, and by the time we got there, it dried. It looks like we, we've got a big transfer to the start now, but it, um, it looks like we're going to have a wet, a wet start, and then uh, the wind's going to pick up. A bit and, and blow that wind, blow that rain out of the way, and we should have a dry final. But um, it, it, it's 
less meters of climbing yesterday than yesterday. So yesterday was 3,000 plus meters of climbing. I think today's 2-2 two, two or 2-3, two, two, all in the sort of second half of the race, but similar sort of terrain. Yeah, a lot of the, the – we're on the coast for the first part of the race, and a lot of those coastal towns have a lot of road furniture, so it'll be nervous. And then, uh, you know, Quickstep will settle into controlling the stage today, and they'll want to keep Bella Philippe in the jersey at least until the time trial. And we will uh, we'll position Bling as, as best we can into uh, into that uh, murder baton. So we go, we come in, do murder baton. There's an eight-second bonus uh, the first time over the, over the top, and you go around the back of the circuit, do a lap, and then hit it again for the second time. And uh, you'll see a pretty select group, uh, yeah, 50, 60 riders probably contesting uh, the finish, maybe a little bit more. So I guess the, the for you, it's going to be just trying to contain uh, Philippe so he doesn't get another time gap. I mean, that's going to be the whole thing, isn't it? Because re- realistically, if you keep it around what it is now, we've got a great chance for you guys. You'll have to put your best uh, tactical cap on over next week, but to get that yellow jersey. But it's going to be uh, uh, it's going to be uh, fun and games because Alaphilippe's not going to give it up easy. Yeah, look, honestly, John, I think it's going to be pretty hard to wrestle that off him just because I think by the time we get to the TT, which is only in three days' time, I think both Alaphilippe and uh, and Michael will probably get um, will probably get lose enough time in the TT to be out of yeah. It's a thirty-kilometer time trial, and against the, the world specialists there, you know, Garen Thomas, Rodzlik, Podjakar, I'd expect those guys to lose a minute uh, in the TT. So look, it, it's going to be hard, but we're going to more concentrate on on the stage win today. And you know, we. we uh, yeah, we, Michael, we were in the green jersey today by default, but we are in second place in that, and uh, it's something that we're gonna. We made a plan there that the first couple of days we see how we go uh, with points over this opening weekend, because yeah, if Michael can run top three again today, he's gonna have a pretty handy lead over the pure sprinters like Caleb Ewan, and uh, and uh, well, the other guys. There's not so many other guys the pure sprinters here this year. Yeah, they're more the all rounder type, but. Um, yeah, Caleb would be the probably the big favourite for the green jersey, and if we can exit this weekend with a sixty-point lead on him, um, it's a good start. And then we'll see how we go from there, what, how we play that green jersey battle out as well. Yeah, it's surprising you're sort of uh, uh, dismissing that other guy who's won about seven of them, uh, Sagan. I think Sagan's going to still be the man to beat myself. But uh, and also you're very dismissive of poor old Ella Philippe. I remember the last time he was in yellow jersey and they got to a time trial, he beat all the specialists. Yeah, yeah, he did, uh, and 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 he hasn't done a time trial like that since either. Um, it was it was an incredible time trial. He boy, he put he put Garen Thomas to the sword, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And uh, yeah. it, but that was he was on a he was on an incredible high uh, last time when he had the yellow jersey there. But yeah, look, he, he's earned his money. Uh, he's two years in a row. He's taken the yellow jersey, uh, and. He's going to be hard to dethrone, uh, and but we'll, we'll we'll play it by ear. And and I said the focus for us is to try to grab a stage win today with uh, with Michael if we can. And uh, it's a long way to go, but these finishes do suit his characteristics. And how's Lucas Hamilton, body? Uh, he lost what was it thirty eight seconds uh, yesterday. Yep. Yeah. No. Good, mate. He uh, he he's caught in the crash as well. He's he's got some small damage to his wrist there, but he'll be okay. He'll be okay. So we're we're playing the long game with Lucas and. 30 seconds. You don't like giving away 30 seconds here and there. Um, but, yeah, it's a it's a first-time experience for him in this first week and things will settle down and uh, he, he's in a good place, mate. He's in a good place. Uh, good to hear, mate. Well, we wish you all the best for Stage 2, mate, and uh, fingers crossed that uh, Blink can salute in the final on that new frame, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, we, uh, we're off to a good start with this second place and uh, it'd be nice to... Uh, Nice to break the seal there and uh, grab a stage win early in the race, and uh, we'll do our best today. Now that was part one. I was I was going to wrap the interview up because it's sort of the ten minute sweet spot with this program. You know, that's all we get to upload. But I can tell John, you came into the interview hot. You know, you were you weren't really backing down. That might have been a couple of Mitchell and Reds under your belt. Well, I had been to uh, my, my son-in-law's uh, um, birthday party, so uh, I might have had a couple of uh, Mitchelton Shirazes, but they, that's all, all good. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Encouraged. Um, we've got a couple of comments before we go to part two. Uh, Peter Williams says, why did Chavez fail to wait for Hamilton on the final climb? Obviously, we can't ask why he lied because it's a pre-record, but did you see that, um, Ify? I, I didn't see how far back... Uh, 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 um, 
Hamilton was. But what Chavez is going to do, it's silly to – he's there. He's not going to be able to really cart him up. Um, there's not, wouldn't be much advantage in dropping back in, in two kilometres to go. So I, could, I, I don't think there would have been any point to it. Uh, Byron says, evening, gents. How are you, Byron? Uh, Samantha agrees with Whitey, name and shame. Uh, ben Jensen says, Germans. Now, you were trying <laughs> to invoke a, a bloody world war with your sledge there, John. It, it was a silly thing to say, actually, because uh, I, I love the Germans and uh, I love Germany. It's one of my favourite countries. So, But the fact, uh, it doesn't matter where she's from, it was a stupid thing to do. Yeah. Uh, Pushkar says, question for Matt. Obviously, you can't answer it live, but uh, could Chavez have pulled along with Wood to help bring Julian closer? Matthews had the best finish. He could have been beating a tiring Julian Alaphilippe. No. <laughs> they were all flat on their limit. I mean, that was the whole thing. Alaphilippe was just a step ab uh, above everyone when he went. You know, you've got uh, uh, that. You, you saw two of the strongest bike riders in the race mm. in Roglic and uh, um, uh, Young today. They both went after him and they just were losing ground it. straight away. Couldn't do it. Yeah. So there was nothing yeah. anyone in there could do to, to close that gap. Tony uh, Hemming. Bit of a shout out, Viva Latour to all Gippsland cyclists, and then uh, Rick, Tony, how are you, mate? Rick Travaro's come over the top. Viva Latour to all Gippsland cyclists. I'm with you, Tony. Uh, shout out to everyone tuning in from Gippsland and little brother. Yeah, and now it's time for part two, where Ify uh, finishes the interview off asking about the Aussie connection at the tour. Just getting your your uh, uh, outlook on a couple of the other Aussies. I was very impressed with the way Caleb just put them all to the sword in that intermediate sprint. He made it. He, he made it look very easy, which sort of bodes well for stage three. Yeah, no, Caleb. Caleb's the only sprinter here who's got a designated team to his at his disposal, and uh, he'll, he'll the same again today. There'll be, there'll be three or four guys hotly contesting those green jersey points, and. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to be hard to beat in those ones. But, you know, we've got you know, Sagan and Matthews uh, and Colorado. Those guys have got to get their points uh, away from Caleb on the tougher stages and then hopefully beat him every now and then on the flatter stages um, because he's uh, he's another level uh, above those guys when it comes to head-to-head -to -head sprints on the flat days. So he, he's ready to go, and uh, he'll be one of the favourites for stage three. And the other one, of course, is uh, the man you've uh, brought to greatness and uh, and now he's moved on, young Jack Haig. That was a very impressive uh, ride fourth uh, in the stage finish yesterday. Yeah, no, Jack's good. He's in a good place. Obviously, we saw from the Dolphin, eh? And he knows how to race bikes. He, he can position himself very well. And uh, he did a good, a really good job there yesterday, staying out of trouble and, and putting himself in a good position on stage. So... He's in a good place, and uh, I said they're, they're sort of running two programs there at uh, Bahrain. They've got Colabrelli, but he, it was just a little bit too hard for Colabrelli that climb yesterday, uh, and he ended up cracking in the, in the last kilometre. But uh, Jack rode well, and it'll uh, be interesting to see how he goes when we get to the uh, when we get to the time trial in a couple of days' time. Oh boy! Uh, but actually, Ben Ben O'Connor went down. Ben Ben O'Connor went down mm. quite hard yesterday too. So he lost a minute <clears> forty nine, but I saw him walking out of his bus. Uh, after the stage, and he was he was really holding his shoulder, and there was ice in the shoulder. And yeah, so ten stitches in his forearm, it says. So yeah, okay, yeah, that's a nasty yeah, little cut. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be Armand, Armand had a heap of stitches in his elbow as well yesterday, but it's uh, there's going to be some uh, pretty ginger boys come uh, start time at one o'clock today, that's for sure. Did you catch up with Richie at all? Did you see how he was after the finish? Oh, I didn't, mate. No, we weren't staying at their, their hotel. Uh, but I don't think he was uh, too injured. I just think he was caught up in the crash. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, mate. All the best for today, and uh, we'll touch base again tomorrow. All right. See you, gents. Have a good day. Good day, Thanks, mate. Matty. Thanks. Good luck, Thank mate. See Cheers, you, guys. Mate. I just realised then, Johnny, I've, I've lost my mojo. I haven't asked Whitey once what he's had for dinner on tour, but it's very different, the Tour de France, to the Giro particularly when it comes to the grub. Uh, your mic is not working, John. Oh, no. We've got technical difficulties, folks. He's on mute. So, oh, James, he's going to have to fill it on his own. Uh, yeah, you're back. Hey, there you yeah. go. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, but um, 
uh, the life's not on. But anyway, we're working. Nobody's home. That's usually no the home. analogy. Yeah. yeah. But uh, look, I'm looking forward to today's stage. I think uh, yep. uh, to, Mer, 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 uh, de Breton, you and I have both seen it. Um, I was lucky enough to watch uh, Cadell Pip um, uh, Contador up there in 2011. We didn't uh, know he won it, remember? It was really close, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it was, uh, uh, a matter of fact, uh, it, it helped him that uh, uh, Contador started to celebrate. He started lifting the hand. and mm. yeah, Early crow. But uh, it is a tough finish, uh, and they climb it twice, so they come around and go over it. Interesting, there's an eight-second sprint at the top of that, so uh, uh, Bling will be really going for that one. It'd be, it'd be wonderful to see. Bling, big chance. Now, you're having technical difficulties, but Whitey hasn't, and people are picking up on it. Joshua Hopgood says, did Whitey get an iPhone? Obviously, he had his dramas at the Jura, but I think it's temperature. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be more worried when he heads uh, down south when we start ticking into the sort of 25 to 30 degrees. So uh, fingers crossed. Uh, Samantha is great for breaking news. She says, Cycling Central reporting that two organisers are set to sue the spectator who caused the crash. They're still searching for her, however. We did mention that early in the show. And uh, as I said to Whitey, like, if it was me, I'd be going bush, crushing Sims and just... Hiding out for as long as I could. Keep me low profile, changing your appearance, spray tan, whatever you can do. <laughs> whatever you can do. I uh, think you're the power finder. Yeah. And Judy Lynn says, you can't blame Tony Martin. He didn't just hit cardboard, but her arm and shoulder, if you look at the footage, she was oblivious to the peloton approaching. Now, John, you were, when we were live, both you and Scotty were watching La Course, the women's race. Uh, it was a great result. Um, Grace Brown finishing, I think, in fifth. Uh, what was your recap of that race, mate? Yeah, that no, was a fantastic bike race. Um, uh, Voss, I think Voss ended up running third. But uh, Anna van der Breggen, she's just such a superstar. She sort of led out uh, um, her, her teammate. Uh, so, uh, obviously, it's her final year. You think she'd be going for herself, but um, and look, they really put on a show. And it's the last run we've been doing this for a few years now, La Course. But uh, finally, we're going to have a women's tour, a proper women's tour de France. It's back uh, for next year, which will be fantastic. We're going to be starting in Paris after the men's race finishes. Uh, they will then run the, the, the first stage of uh, the ladies' race in Paris. So, it should be fantastic. Who ended up winning the stage? Who ended up winning it? Oh, I think I'm trying to think of an arm. Got the, the, the <laughs> I could, I could yeah. tell you who tipped out around it. I thought, and ah, it's calling out. It's calling out. Who won? <laughs> Samantha, <laughs> if, you're, if you're tuning in, just type in uh, who won because I thought John was doing the, the women's race coverage because I was running around. Uh, Vollering. Yes, Vollering. She's a superstar. CFC and, Hudson uh, Valley. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. uh, it was a great effort. She, she, she was the she's the quickest there, but and a great ride uh, uh, from Grace Brown too. Who uh, yeah. you've got to remember was in the breakaway. They only got caught at the bottom of the climb, so she looked like being a big chance to win it. But then they just stopped working, and then the bunch the the, the peloton really chased. They only caught them right at the base of the final climb. And so a, a great effort from Grace. Yep. And uh, tonight's stage predictions. Um... Obviously, as you mentioned earlier, when you're talking to Whitey, Alaphilippe's going to be hard to beat. And it sounds like Bling is a very, very good chance. I mean, obviously, if Alaphilippe wins, he'll take the green and, and Bling will be wearing it by default. But if that shifts, Bling could get a bit of a buffer and potentially earn the green jersey for, you know, three or four stages. Yeah, look, it's going to be great. Uh, I mean, that intermediate sprint is going to be really uh, fantastic to watch. I think today's stage is a little bit more, a little bit, more tricky than yesterday. Not not quite so many hills, but just a fraction of a harder finish. But the actual roads are smaller. They were, they were lucky yesterday. They uh, the first three quarters of the race were very good wide roads. It's not the case where they follow the coast around for a lot of this race uh, um, today. And um, I think and a lot of road furniture and stuff. So you know they're all going to be nervous. But uh, I, I, you know I noticed yesterday that. After that, uh, that, that intermediate sprint, I thought it would have eased off. You know, they, they virtually caught the, the, the breakaway. But it was the, there were trains going. It was still 40-odd K to mm. go. And there were trains going down the other side of the road. I thought, 
am I missing something here? Is there something really special coming up that they all need to get to the front for? But it's just it's a bit of panic seems to be on. And, you know, it probably would help cause uh, uh, that, that second crash, you know, the, the, the panic in the bunch. Uh, Andy Matthews has said, you need to give Jack Hagen mention. He finished fourth yesterday. I think you mentioned it to Whitey uh, at the end there. Uh, obviously, big raps and a uh, guy that Whitey would know really well. Uh, he's obviously a super talent. And we had Steve on the podcast a couple of weeks ago talking up uh, Jack Hagen. They're going to give him a real big chance, uh, obviously, for the GC. And he's just a bike racer, like smart in the bunch. Yeah. So, uh, uh, well, yeah. Andy, uh, Andy, you must have actually uh, gone for a quick cup of tea while I was talking to Whitey just then about uh, uh, Jack Hay. But I'll say it again. He, he is he, – I just wrote it in my story for the, for the world famous uh, Geelong Advertiser tomorrow. He is a genuine chance for the podium, no doubt. He's Stop rattling your fingers, ball. John. Your microphone's flicked over and I can hear your fingers tapping away. Mate, I'm going to be on to you. I'm going to be riding you all month. So just settle up. Uh, anything you want to add before we wrap it up, mate? We've got to. No, no. Looking forward out. to another great night tonight. And uh, oh, my microphone's just come back on. Oh, and I'll forget. Oh, there you okay. go. Okay. Uh, it should be sensational. I'm uh, uh, on an amazing stage. And tomorrow, I am really excited about Cav versus Caleb. Oh. Excited. Imagine Phil, <laughs> like with these NBC guys, they will have packages ready to go. They will be loving that uh, deep dive documentary with the slow music. It'll be fantastic. As we always say, thanks for your support. If you're watching on YouTube, particularly uh, youtube.com forward slash detour podcast, like, share, subscribe, tell all your mates. We're going to actually turn on the ad revenue at some point. I didn't realize it was like a month process to get approval. And all our ad, reven ad revenue is uh, going to go to Phil's uh, chosen charity, which is the, how do you pronounce it, John? Kareka. Kareka. Foundation. So go to kareka.co.za forward slash Peloton and uh, click on the donate button. Get behind it. It's a fantastic cause. Thanks, Ify. We'll be back again tomorrow night with Phil Liggett, Matt White, and we might have a special guest. I, I watched the last 80Ks with uh, Samuel Bulai last night. It was very entertaining. I said, mate, you got, you got to come on the potty. Like, yeah, give us your insights. Uh, and his insights on crashing at the tour would have been fantastic. So uh, he, he's going to come on throughout the show as well. So oh, uh, stay tuned for that. Right. Yep. All right. Sounds thanks, good. guys. Like, share, subscribe. See you tomorrow. Take it easy.